the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to The Dennis Prager Show. I am Trish Regan in for Dennis today, and we've got a market that's searching for some direction right now with the S&P a little bit higher, Dow a little bit lower. Basically, investors are trying to digest a whole lot of stuff, including what would a Kamala Harris... Oops, I said her name first again. I was going to say Kamala, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, but actually, inadvertently, I keep saying Harris, Biden. Uh, maybe that's because it's a look at what ultimately is going to be down the pike if she is successful. Anyway, the question is whether or not a Kamala Harris and Joe Biden leadership team in the White House would actually be good or bad for our economy and good or bad for our markets. Well, I can tell you. All politics aside, bad for our markets, bad for our economy. Nothing against them. You know, she's probably a perfectly nice person. But her policy itself is lacking. Her policy is, first off, all over the place. She's trying to be everything to everyone. Don't forget she was the one who was going after criminals back in California as AG. She was the one who was trying to put people away as a prosecutor. And then recently she's come out all sympathetic to the defund the police movement. How does that make any sense? And then on top of it, she has talked about putting forward a a kind of Medicare for all system, yet she still wants private insurers. And she's also talked about raising taxes on the middle class. She wants to put back in the, the, the salt deduction that basically has only benefited the extreme wealthy in states like New York and California. None of this bodes well for economics. And we haven't even gotten to the amount of regulation that you might see within the financial services industry, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the market is pretty simple. The market likes low taxes, less regulation. This is how corporations do better, right? Because they're not taxed as heavily. And so if you had a Biden Harris team in the White House, and, you know, gosh forbid that they actually were successful in getting the Senate as well. Well, then it's game over for our economy, at least for the next four years. It really is. And so investors are trying to grapple with that. I think in the here and now, they're effectively telling us they don't think they will win. Because if they thought they would win, they would be making a mass exodus from these markets. And so that's perhaps a little bit of uh, something you can take away. They're basically assuming that they they can't possibly win because if they did, if they were factoring that in, we would see a decline in market activity. Now for some good news. And this is what investors are focused on right now. The good news is there are things that are in place that are fundamentally helping our economy in the near term. And so you look at, for example, the recent decline in jobless claims. This came out today. It fell under a million. We've now seen two weeks in a row where jobless claims have declined. These are the number of people that are going in filing for unemployment benefits. Now, I would just ask, 
Is there anything that potentially is linked to the fact that jobless benefits at the federal level just expire? Right? Remember that? July 31st, it was over. And what do you know? Here we are, two weeks in, and they continually are declining. What that may tell you is that our economy starts to open back up. People are going back to work. You know, there's a lot of unintended consequences that we like to talk about in economics. And part of that is, part of that is, if you, if you give out this money, if you have handouts there, ultimately you're not going to encourage people to do their own work, right? They're not going to go out and work because, hey, I mean, Americans are logical people. Why bother? A, a, a University of Chicago study recently came out and determined that 68% of people that were jobless in America were making more money as a result of COVID-19 and the pandemic than they otherwise did. How about that for you? So it's logical. It, it makes sense that when those unemployment benefits expire, well, what do you know? You're seeing people go back into the workforce. And you know what? That's a healthy thing. I, I'm a big believer in having safety nets where you need them. But you can't just throw money at a problem. In other words, if you're, if you're elderly, if you have a, a pre-existing condition that's going to make you susceptible to this disease, to this illness, to this virus, well, then we should be helping you. We should be doing what we can to make sure that you're not exposed to this. But everybody else, we're kind of going to just have to learn to live with it. We're kind of having to learn how to figure this out. I mean, businesses do it all the time. Apple sales up 11% with more people working from home. But I'll tell you, you can still go into the Apple store. You can make an appointment in many of them. And you can still, they take your temperature, but you can still buy what you need. And so Apple figures it out. Local businesses figure it out. I got a real kick out of something. As we started to open back up in the Northeast, I remember one day walking down Main Street in my little town. And I saw all these people outside. They were getting their hair cut on the sidewalk. And I thought, you know what? That's America. That, that is us, really in a nutshell, because we are able to figure our way through this. We need our haircut. <laughs> and those businesses, they need to make a living. Those barbershops need to stay in business. So if, if government would just trust the individual, really and truly trust what we are capable of while being there to help encourage us and, yes, occasionally save us, Again, if you're in that category of people that would be um, in a very, very bad situation, should you be exposed to COVID-19? Well, the individual can triumph in this. Too often, politicians forget that, and, and perhaps it's for politically expedient reasons, right? Let's, let's just call it like it is. I mean, hey, it, the more an individual depends on big federal government, the more powerful the big federal government becomes, the more powerful a certain lawmaker becomes. And so that's part of what factors into all of this. Anytime you see a push for socialism, that's actually what you are seeing is this sort of uh, need for power, this grab for power. And what I'm saying is they don't need to do that. They need to back off. You need limited government Less is more in this case. We need to keep our government on a short leash and depend on ourselves, depend on our businesses, and depend on our communities to be able to do the right thing. And that ultimately 
will see us through this. You know, I've got a terrific guest coming up. You're listening to Trish Regan, everyone. You can listen to my podcast at uh, Trish Intel which is on Spotify and Apple and all those good places. Anyway, the, the next guest is, is a really, really smart guy. And he's an investor. He's a former physicist. He's a former central banker. Uh, he, he, he basically has done it all. I think I'm missing some things. He was a lawyer, too, and a hedge fund investor. <laughs> you can't beat it. Wow. Really smart. Neil, Neil Grossman is just the bomb, and he's going to explain everything that's going on. We're going to just look at this through the lens of the markets and the economy and the long-term fundamentals of the United States of America. Don't go anywhere. More Trish Regan in for Dennis after this. Live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800 500 800-500-8384. Anyone can watch Prager University courses anywhere in the world for free, and we want to keep it that way, but we can only do it if we have your support. Go to PragerUniversity.com and donate today. Dennis is off doing a little bit of fundraising today for a very good cause for Prager University, Prager U, and I'm here with you today as a result. And tomorrow, too, this is Trish Regan, everyone. You're listening to The Dennis Prager Show. I'm in for my good friend today and tomorrow. And boy, do we have a lot of news to talk about, including Joe Biden has finally made his selection. Frankly, I'm just going to get this out there. And if you were listening yesterday, you would have heard me say this, but I'm going to say it again. It would have been more meaningful Really, and I say this as a woman, it would have been more meaningful if he had just said from the beginning, I am going to nominate the best person. But instead, he made a big point of saying, I'm going to nominate a woman. It's women's time. And as someone who really believes in meritocracy, um, who, who believes that whoever is chosen should be chosen because she or he is the most credentialed and has strong leadership skills and the best policies. In some ways, I really believe he took away from this moment, both for Kamala Harris and also for women, in that he could have announced he was just picking the best person. But instead, what did he have to do? He had to say he was excluding half the population in America. And when you exclude half the population in America, it's taking away fundamentally something from the person you ultimately go with. I encourage you all to call in 18prager776 i have my good friend neil grossman on the line who is a brilliant brilliant investor and economist and lawyer and 
physicist and uh, even did some work for the Central Bank of Norway. So I, I don't know how you get a better resume than, than yours, Neil. Um, I guess I can add to the fact that you uh, are a winemaker and you have a vineyard and, uh, well, we could just go on and on. And you like opera like I do. <laughs> yeah. So a true well, Renaissance thank man. Thank you very much. You know, I think I should just go away now after an introduction like that. It's pretty hard to get any better. <laughs> well, I'm just really glad to have you here because – I love talking to you, and I always learn something from you, and I want the viewers here to hear your sense of things, because you're such a pragmatist. You know, it's easy to look at what's going on economically through a political lens and to be biased with that, but you don't, sir. You look at it very much through what are the the long-term fundamentals of our economy. I know you think about your daughter, your grandchildren, and whether or not this is sustainable in the long run. What do you think? If we have Biden and Harris in the White House, what does it mean? Well, let's just start. So to me, Chris, as much as I agree 100% what you're saying about uh, Senator Harris, at the end of the day, to begin with at least, it's going to be um, Vice President Biden's policies. Um, and I think, as we've discussed, I mean, there's a lot to worry about. I mean, he's, for some reason, I guess it's tied to the evolution of the Democratic Party, but he's really, really moved significantly to the left on what he represents. High tax, high spend, you know, and, you know, we were just talking a moment ago, for example, one of the things he just, I mean, it, um, I think it was Everett Dirksen who used to say a, a, a billion here, a billion there, and pretty soon it adds up to real money. Uh, <laughs> we're now at the point where it's a trillion here, a trillion there, it adds up to real money, and his last plan was for a trillion dollars for elder child care Mm -hmm. and in order to try and pay for it his concept is to tax real estate um and he's defining wealthy people for that purpose as those who earn more than four hundred thousand dollars a year i mean that just can't be good when it's coming on top of another three trillion you know dollars tax and spend policy on the broad scheme of things and Mm -hmm. We have staggering amounts of liabilities that are accumulating now at a tremendous pace. And, you know, we're spending our future. We're spending our future. I know that's been a big concern of yours overall. And, you know, just to play devil's advocate, there are some economists that might say, hey, you know, you need to do it in the here and now. Um, and and you'll, you'll manage through it and things will be better. But do you get the sense with the Democrats that there's any willingness at all? I mean, especially when you hear the likes of Bernie Sanders, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, really sort of pound that class warfare argument. Is there any sense that they are willing down the road to fix it and and to to budget themselves and to rein themselves in? Or is this just a free-for-all for for as long as we can manage it? I I think it's a free-for-all as long as we can manage it. It's very, very hard to put the cat back in the box once we've let it out. And when you think about it, I mean, for years, economists talked about pro and counter cyclical type of policies. You know, you're supposed mm-hmm. to stay for a rainy day when times are good and when times, you know, hit a real speed bump or, you know, a chasm like we're in. You, you, you have the financial wherewithal to um, try and protect yourself and you, you yeah. use this. And yet, and yet people have been penalized for saving, for sure. Unfortunately, sure. I got to pay some bills for Dennis right now. But Neil Grossman, a pleasure as always. Thank you so much for calling into the show. We're going to have more right after this. Welcome back. This is Trish Regan. I'm in for Dennis Prager today, and we are talking about what Biden and Harris would actually mean for our economy. 
And I think the bottom line is you need to understand it would not be good. And it would not be good because we can't afford the kind of spending that the left wants to enact. I mean, it's that simple. I have no problem with helping people to help themselves. I have no problem with putting the right kinds of policies in to enable every single American to achieve the American dream. But when you talk about handouts, when you talk about closing schools to an entire generation of kids that would lose out in places like Chicago and D.C., these urban areas that the left tells us so much that they want to help, you know, that doesn't add up. It doesn't make any sense. Teachers get to sit home and collect paychecks courtesy of U.S. taxpayers and local taxpayers, all while our kids go without education. I mean, we just need a little common sense in all of this right now. And we need to think about the long-term implications of what we're doing and what we're spending. And the goal should always be to help people help themselves, to grow our economy and to enjoy our place in the world as the number one economy. If we are not careful, if we are not careful, we will very quickly find ourselves on the way to being Venezuela. While China, China overtakes us as the dominant player. And let me tell you, we don't want that to happen. That would be disastrous for future generations, and it could happen sooner than you think. This is why this election is so critical. It is so important. I want to go to Mike in Detroit, who's joining us on the phone lines. I encourage everyone to call in. This is Trish Regan, 1-8-Prager-776. And, Mike, you share my concerns, do you not? We just can't keep spending. Well, I share your concerns, and I wish uh, Mr. Grossman could have hung around a bit longer. He was interesting, but I, I, I wonder if you'll agree with me. I actually say a pox on both parties because in 1973, when they implemented baseline budgeting, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, a conservative or a liberal, they lost any motivation to ever spend less when they automatically gave themselves budget increases every year. So that put the government on a glide path of making sure that they spent every dime so that next year they could take the increase. And then when we did have a downturn in the economy, instead of increasing the budget by 8%, if they only increased it by 4 you heard everybody saying, oh, they're cutting the budget by 50% when they were just slowing the rate of growth. And let me just finish up, Trish. I'm just a dumb truck driver who put two kids through college with no debt and paid off his house in 17 years. And I know that if I use the same accounting principle or any business use the same accounting principle as baseline budgeting, we'd be hauled into by the IRS as running a Ponzi scheme. Oh, wow, Mike. I, I, I should get Neil back on just to talk to, to you directly because uh, you're, you're talking his language there. And, sir, you are right. I mean, the problem I have right now with the way they're running things, and it is a Ponzi scheme, It is. Social Security, these entitlements, that is exactly what they're doing. The problem I have is that people like yourself, right, anybody in in middle-class America, we lose out in all of this because if you're just doing the the, the things as you should and you're paying your bills on time and you're saving your money and you're, you're putting your kids through college and you're saving for retirement, you effectively get penalized. I think about, you know, other families maybe that, that, 
don't save their money and, and don't pay their bills on time and maybe even are, are taking federal handouts. And guess what? They get to have scholarships for their kids to go to college and they get all kinds of, of programs. We were talking yesterday on the on the show about nearly $60,000 worth of benefits for a single mom in the state of Hawaii. I mean, why bother going back to work if government is there to pay it all for you? And you know what? It comes it comes as a result of people like you, Mike, that are out there working hard to do things the right way, and it's not fair. Well, Trish, you know what ends up happening is you have the, the smart 15% that think they're smarter than everybody and they can abuse the system, and then you have the bottom 15% who never should. They should be renters. They never should get into a home, and they run up mm-hmm. debt that they never should afford. So it's always the top 15 that thinks they're so smart and the bottom 15 that gets abused. And us 70% in the middle who play by the rules, we're the ones that always, because there's so many of us, are always forced to bail out the abuse at both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, and it can't go on that way. I'm just a dumb truck driver. I'm just a dumb truck driver. (laughs) I think you're a pretty smart one, sir, a very, very smart one. And I hope uh, there's lots of business happening right now. I hope things are, are doing doing well for you but uh listen i i wish you luck and i thank you i thank you for calling into the program mike and make sure to download my podcast trish intel because we talk about these issues all the time you know i I would just say overall one of the frustrations i have with the, the the tenor of conversation in america right now is that somehow saving money is bad and and businesses are bad from small business to big business and there's a sort of us against them mentality that, that's not fair and that's not right. And, and the reality is most of us, when we talk about us, most of us have the, the, the right intentions. And so I, I think about America always being a place where you, you have every opportunity in the world ahead of you, right, to really enjoy the American dream. We have always been a meritocracy. And that's crumbling right now. And it will continue to crumble if, if the left is successful. I mean, back to Kamala Harris for a moment. She, I think, can stand on her own two feet. I may not agree with her policies, but you know what? She was deserving of the job if if you're a leftist like Joe Biden and you need a VP candidate. So why the heck did he have to say, I'm just picking a woman, right? Why couldn't she stand on her own two feet? Why do we need this kind of affirmative action? Haven't we moved beyond that? Shouldn't we be beyond that? Because shouldn't we just make sure that we give everybody equal access to opportunity? And when you do things, I'm going to go back to the school thing again. When you shut down the schools in major urban areas, you are leaving those kids and those communities disenfranchised in a way that makes it almost impossible for them to recover from. we got a lot of callers. I'm going to get to all of you, I promise. 1-8-Prager-776. You're listening to Trish Regan. The Dennis Prager Show. Welcome back, everyone. I am Trish Regan. You're listening to The Dennis Prager Show. Dennis is off doing some much-needed fundraising for PragerU, and I am here with you for the week. And boy, do we have a lot of news to talk about. I am so excited to have on the phone right now my good friend, Congressman Ralph Norman from South Carolina. And I'll tell you, this is a gentleman who called it from the very beginning, who understood the economic implications of shutting down our economy and what it would mean. He also understood the politics behind it all. So, Congressman, welcome. It's good to talk to you. Well, Trish, great, glad to hear, great to hear your voice and uh, appreciate all that you're doing and will do in the future. 
<laughs> we sure will. You know it. And we're doing it right here, right now. So tell me your sense of where we are right now, because it's been, you know, shut down, open up, shut down. And there seems to be a real push out of uh, some lawmakers in Washington to really not try and work through this, right? Not use any kind of American ingenuity and creativity and business wherewithal to kind of push through, but instead to just sit back, close everything down and watch and watch it crater. You know, Trish, is what's, what's unfortunate. Uh, two things. One, you know, when you shut a livelihood of a person that's invested their life in, whether it's a business or enterprise, and to do that is just wrong, particularly since this has been going on since March. Uh, secondly, the ones that are calling for the shutdown, they're still getting a salary. I mean, the, the politicians are still getting the salary, and, and I'm one of them. I, I'm getting it as well, and we shouldn't. If you don't go to work, you shouldn't get paid. But they're playing politics with this uh, shutdown, and I will say they're playing with the lives of people, and it's unfortunate that they're doing it. I think the public gets it. And uh, I think it's going to be real interesting, the wake-up call they'll get on November 3rd. Well, <clears throat> unfortunately, and you know this well, sir, there there is an element out there that actually wants our economy to struggle for political reasons. And I hate to say that, and, and you're not supposed to say that, right? <laughs> Look, I've gotten in trouble for saying certain things along the way myself. But my point has always been the politicization of this is just wrong. And these are people's livelihoods. And you're stripping them of opportunity. And for them to say, okay, no, you know, you can't, you can't go to work. But wait a second, you can go and protest? I don't understand that. Well, look at the uh, Supreme Court ruling in Nevada, where they said, and John Roberts, who's gone on the, has gone rogue, sided with the, on the 5-4 decision that the casinos is fine for 500 people to gather, uh, mask or no mask and no precautions, yet a church can't gather with 50 people. Mm-hmm. And you're right, you called it, uh, it's, it's playing politics with it. Everybody, I think, gets it now from well, social media mm-hmm. to do that. You know, it, it is really good to talk to you, and uh, we'll talk some more offline because I, I like keeping up with my friends. But, Congressman, uh, thanks for thanks for doing all you're doing there in South Carolina, and let's get this American well, economy opened up. All right, I'm going to be back with a whole lot more as we talk about the economic implications of what they are doing and what a Biden-Harris ticket would really mean. The Dennis Prager Show. Live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Alan's story. I've been in back pain since my early 20s. Now I'm 51. In my early 20s, I worked for the state prison. I got injured and I was off work for about a year. I'm now a train engineer. I basically sit all day long. My wife making me take relief factor literally changed my life. I don't feel like I'm 20 again, but 
my back does. Everyone knows you want something drug-free. You want something that will help your own body deal with the inflammation that can often cause pain. In your neck, back, shoulder, hip, knee, or foot. Actually, even general aches and pains from just getting older, exercise, everyday living, all can be a real problem, even keeping you from sleeping through the night. So here's what I suggest you do. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father-son owners of Relief Factor, have created what they call a three-week quick start. It's a trial pack, and they've discounted it to just $19.95. That's about a dollar a day, and after that, about the cost of a cup of coffee a day to stay out of pain. That's the three-week quick start for just $19.95, and you should know this. About 70% of the people who order the three-week quick start for just $19.95 go on to order more. So do what so many others have already done. Take Pete and Seth Talbot up on their offer and go to relieffactor.com and order the three-week quick start. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384.